Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. What's going on, everybody? Paddle and Finn has got a meetup going down October 16th through 18th at Eastport Marina and Resort in Alpine, Tennessee, which which falls right on Dale Hollow. What we're going to be doing is just hanging out, fishing, uh, depending on the number of people that show up and the interest, we may do a small tournament. Uh, we will have some stuff to give away Saturday evening. We're going to do a hangout and a little little barbecue action we'll have food for everybody if you're looking for lodging you could stay right at the resort it's fifty dollars per person per night um, and what you get is your own personal bedroom on a houseboat luxury houseboat courtesy eastport marina that's a special price they gave us to lend to our listeners if you want uh, more info on the resort you can go to eastport.info and uh, their website will pop up there you'll see all the houseboats and things like that a majority of our hosts are going to be there and we would love to spend some time on the water with you this segment is brought to you by Jigmaster jigs when in doubt get the jig out go to jigmasters.com and use promo code pnf20 and save 20 percent off your next jig order today you're listening to Bass Fishing for Moves on the Paddle and Fan Podcast with your hosts Ryan Milford and Sean Lavery. Welcome back to Paddle and Fin. This is the Bass Fishing for Noobs segment. I'm Ryan. We got Sean. Hey guys, and uh, today it's just me and Sean in here, um, and we were going to do a little tournament recap from a new perspective. You know, Sean had a uh, tournament this weekend. I had a tournament this weekend, and uh, yeah, we're just going to go over our experience with the tournaments, and you know, go from there. So. First off, Sean, how are you? I'm not doing too bad, hanging in there. 
Um, wish my weekend was a little bit longer, but I got to fish both yesterday and today, so um, I can't complain about that. So, two days of fishing. You, you, you must have earned some uh, brownie points with the wife <laughs> to let you do that. <laughs> yeah. This afternoon, I was like, ah, I got nothing else to do. I finished up all my schoolwork, so, and she's like, just go fishing. I know that's what you want to do. <laughs> so, I made it back by dinner time, so she was happy. Awesome. Yeah, um, I, I actually got to go fishing during the week last week on Thursday. Um, got off work a little bit early, and... I knew we were going to be getting off a little early, so I took my kayak to work with me. And afterwards, you know, I went straight to, uh, you know, I had a tournament Saturday. And so I went to pre-fish for that tournament for like three hours. And uh, I did all right then. I, as far as, it was a three-fish limit on the tournament. Okay. And uh, I actually did better in pre-fishing as far as like my best three um, in pre-fishing than I did in the actual tournament. Did the conditions change a lot between the pre-fishing and the tournament day? No, not not really. Um, mainly, it was a little bit colder. Um, it, we had a little bit of a cold front. Um, after that, so I think the high on... Thursday was like 75, 76, and the high for Saturday was like 68 or something like that. So, which I think it might have actually got a little bit warmer than that because we were getting a little warm out there on the water. But, so, but yeah, it was a little bit cooler. So, other than that, it was about the same. Okay. Uh, a little less wind too. There's there's more wind when I was pre-fishing. Well, that makes it nice, at least for tournament day, rather. Yeah. So. Uh, you, you fish with your what? you fish with your dad in that tournament, right? Yeah, yeah. My dad came and fished in the tournament. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I got a story for that too. But uh. <laughs> well, yeah, I can go first. Uh, mine's pretty short and sweet. Uh, I had the kayak anglers of Central PA. Uh, their premiere event it's their their supposedly their you know it's the one that kind of determines the aoi it's the final one for aoi and that kind of stuff so it's a little bit more expensive um but uh it was on lake marburg marburg which is um i was actually happy for once because it was pretty close to me uh some of the other events have been like an hour and a half two hour drive for me so this was only 40 minutes i'd never fished the lake before so and it's a big lake, so I knew that going in that it was going to be a little bit of a challenge for me. Um, but uh, so I went out. Um, I, I talked to a guy at a bait shop, and he was saying that uh, drop shot is the way to go there because uh, it's very deep, much deeper than Redmond is where I normally fish. So I started out throwing drop shot, but I still have no confidence in that whatsoever. So I, I did that for like the first hour, and... Uh, gave up on it and uh started throwing some of my normal stuff i ended up catching the only bass i caught all day on uh, a steel shad so um i i i wanted to use it like a blade bait where i was dropping it to the bottom and picking it up and hopping it kind of like uh what was that gentleman we just had on that was talking about that uh, uh i'm drawing a blank on his name but he was talking about uh 
using a spoon and just jigging it off the bottom because um, I could see the fish, but uh, I couldn't get them to bite at all on the drop shot at all. And then I ended up kind of just uh, casting and retrieving the steel shad, and that's how I caught my one bass. And then I actually missed a bass or something on uh, on a wacky rig. I had casted it out and then was doing something in my kayak, I think moving something. And um, when I picked my rod back up and started reeling, I realized that my lure was right next to me. Uh, my line had come all the way back. So whatever grabbed my Senko swam back towards me. And by the time I set the hook, uh, it, he was gone and he took my Senko with me with him. So that's um, crazy. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but, and that sadly, um, my, uh, my one fish was good enough for sixth place in that tournament. So a lot of people struggled. Um, Let's... the top guy had like 90 inches and the next closest guy had like 40. And then the next guy only had two fish and then fourth place on down was all one fish only. So if I could have got that other fish, you know, I would have been, you know, higher than well, definitely higher than I was. So. Um, but I, I was glad to see that a lot of people struggled because it made me feel a little better. Um, so, yeah, that's that's crazy, and it sounded like that fish wanted to play fetch with you. <laughs> I just wish I would have <laughs> been paying attention because I, I usually try and pay really close attention, and but sometimes if um, if I'm you know it's been a while since I caught anything, I, I sometimes you know let my uh, attention wane a little bit and not necessarily pay attention as much as I should. And if I would have been paying attention, I probably would have got that fish. But again, those were the only two bites I got all day. So, and I tried, you know, th after, after a couple, maybe th two or three hours of doing my normal stuff, I, I just started trying anything and everything. I threw the wicked willow for a while. Um, I tried some top water, um, I went deep, I went shallow, I went all over the lake. I pedaled, I think, 4.5 miles um, by my Navionics app. So I definitely went all around that lake and tried every possible th place I could think of. But all in all, I was happy to not get skunked and, and uh, definitely learned a new body of water. So Yeah, and placed pretty well, too. Um how many people were in that tournament? Uh, not not a ton. I, I want to say like 15. So, Well, that's awesome. Uh, so out of like 15 people, you, you said like, I think it was like seven people total caught a fish? Yep. Paul Strom was right below me. He had a 13 point something uh, inch fish. It's his only fish. And below him, nobody caught a fish. So, yeah, it was definitely a tough, <clears throat> tough bite for some people. I, I have no clue what the guy who caught 90 inches with throwing or where he was but uh uh jedediah plunkert was also there he i think got second place but i didn't know it at the time because apparently he dropped his phone in the water and had to submit oh. his his uh, fish later but they i guess they let him do it so uh um he ended up getting second and he wasn't even on the board uh when i you know the last time i looked but then i got an email this morning saying that he had placed second, so then I went on his uh, Instagram page and I saw that he had dropped his phone in the water, and uh, I guess had to figure out a way to submit his pictures. So, uh, crazy man. Yeah, but it was fun. So, 
How about you? Well, like I said, I pre-fished Thursday for my tournament. Got off work, headed straight out there. Um, <clears throat> I had messaged a buddy of mine like a day or two before. I got a uh, guy named Thomas that I've been fishing with quite a bit here lately. And uh, I uh, told him, and so he was able to get off work early, too, and met me out there. And <clears throat> sorry, something something in my throat there but uh yeah so uh we we got out there and we were fishing within probably my first four or five casts i caught a fish um it took me a while to yeah, i caught it on a crankbait it took me a while to get the triple hooks out of its mouth so uh, i didn't put it on the board i just got it back in the water as quick as i could but i was guessing probably like a 14 incher okay um <clears throat> he got out there. I uh, ended up catching one on the jig. It was about thirteen. I caught uh, I caught one that was like fourteen and three quarters. Caught another one that was like thirteen uh, ish. Then I caught another one. I, this is kind of funny. He stayed out there and fish. I, I uh, when I went to leave because I told my wife I wouldn't be out there real long. I just wanted to get a little feel for it. So I get back to the boat ramp, pull my pull my kayak up on the boat ramp. I go get my truck back down to the boat ramp, get out. I'm starting to load stuff up, and I see a little movement in this tree that's probably like 20 foot off the boat ramp. It's lay down, and I see a little movement. So I, I take, I cast a Wicked Willow with that kayak on there, over there. First cast, boom, I caught one. That it it might have measured 12 inches. But, uh. Yeah, I'll just say it was 12 inches, so I can say I caught five measurable fish in three hours. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so tournament day, you know, my dad had told me in advance that uh, that he's like, I'll go fish that because he has a kayak. He bought it last year because he wanted to go with me, but he's only used it like two times. He's not a big fan of it. Um, I think... Part of his problem is he has shoulder issues. You know, he's had a couple surgeries that kind of more on his neck, but it was, like, related to the shoulder, like, his okay. issue. You know, he he's broad like I am, but, you know, he, he can't curl no more than, like, 10 pounds just oh. because, you know, his, I guess, issues won't allow him to do that. And, uh... So, I think those issues kind of mess with them with paddling. I can definitely see where that would be a, an issue. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, he, get back to what I was saying. He's not a big kayak fan due to that. But uh, but he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going with you. So, he's like, what all do I need? So, like, I told him one night and he ordered him a what yak attack flag and light combo he ordered them one of those uh carbonate boards from catch and i uh, got all that in in time <clears throat> and you know he came out there with me uh, i actually met him at his house and we i loaded all my stuff into his truck and we w rode up there together um yeah we met up with a couple buddies i got out out there uh like through uh through the whole tournament season stuff, some people I've met, 
uh, you know, Thomas, the one I was talking about, and another guy named Todd, and we were all talking, and we all went to the same lake. Oh, that's something I didn't mention is this tournament. They, uh, it's at a place called Williamsport. It's ran by the TWRA, and basically there's like three lake. They call them lakes. They're basically just big ponds. Um, really, so. The one we went to is like a really big pond. It's the closest to a lake that you're going to get out there. Okay. But, but uh, yeah, so we had a choice between the three, which one we wanted to fish at. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So we decided on this one because the smallest one is the one that a lot of people really like. But it's it was really low. So I was like, I don't... I don't really, it's, it's going to be really hit or miss there. Um, so the next biggest one is the, it's probably the other most popular one. So we're, my thinking was, okay, let's go to this one because I don't think very many people are going to go back there. And, uh, you know, it, all of them, all of them got big fish in them. They, they all have big fish. So, we get back there, and it seemed like almost everybody went back there. <laughs> there, there. I, I counted. I'm wanting to say there was like it was either twelve or fourteen people launching from this one, uh, this one lake, and I think there was like somewhere between twenty five, thirty people total. Okay. And uh, so. Yeah, so we're all lined up. We it, it was actually kind of like an afternoon tournament. Um, we could launch at eleven fifteen, but we couldn't. Lines in wasn't until eleven thirty, so we're all lined up, ready to go. It's almost eleven fifteen, so people were starting to get in their kayak and get ready to take off. Um, I get in mine. I back off a little bit because there's so many people. You know, I was just going to back out and just sit in the water a little bit so other people would have room. Well, my dad is going to get in his kayak and, uh, you know, he's still new to it or whatever. <laughs> so the front of his kayak sitting up on the bank, all right, on the, on the point of the V, yeah. just sitting on, well, he didn't like bring it into the water or anything. So he climbed in it like it was. And when he did, it started rocking back and forth. And he's like, try to save. <laughs> and I couldn't do anything because I'm out in the water. Uh, so two other guys run and try to catch him, but it was too late. He uh, tipped over right there in front of everybody <laughs> in the water. Uh, but uh, yeah, he was he was good spirits. I think it embarrassed him a little bit because like everybody was standing there, but. Uh, but yeah, he uh, he got up. He's like, "Well, it's it's starting to get kind of hot out here now. I'm cooled <laughs> off." <laughs> but uh, 
But uh, so, so yeah, he got in the kayak and you know eleven fifteen came. We launched and you know I got to a spot that I felt comfortable with, and uh, I, I don't. I don't know. I feel like I'm already getting long winded and the tournament ain't even started yet. But <laughs> yeah, so uh, the day we were pre fishing, there was a older gentleman out there in a John boat and he, he was telling us, like, oh, try this worm out. You know, where's bass out out here? It was like a, he said it was a zoom worm, but it's like, it looked like it was like four inch um, curly tail red worm. Okay. And uh, and he's like, yeah, all the butterflies and stuff that are out here are red, so this kills them. I was like, okay, so I tied it on. Uh, I started out with crankbait though. I was throwing that. For, <clears throat> I'm wanting to say it was probably like thirty, forty minutes, something like that. And then. I was like, let me try this out. You know, it's still a little cool out here. Not as warm as it was when I was getting the bites on the crankbait the other day. So let me slow down a little bit. So I took this and I cast out with that little red worm. And probably my second or third cast on that, I got a hit, set the hook. And I'm bringing it in and it comes up and jumps. And it looks like it's, it's probably around 16 and it spit my hook. <sighs> yeah, I, I heard a little bit. I was like, man, I, I really wanted to get on the board early with that. But, uh, yeah, so it was probably 10, 15 minutes later, I actually got my first fish, uh, 12 and three quarter. So I I got on the board pretty early. You know, I felt pretty confident then. Um, I don't think it was long after that. I think like maybe another 30, 45 minutes, I got my second fish and it was right at 12, like, like barely going over the 12 inch mark. So, so yeah, I, I was feeling good. Nobody else around me had two fish yet. Uh, only like one or two people that I talked to even had fish yet. Um, I was the only one with two that I knew of. So, yeah, I, I, it, it was probably, you know, maybe five or ten minutes after that, uh, I was throwing a crankbait, which I caught that second one on the crankbait. And, oh, I caught both my first and second on the crankbait. Um, but I'm still throwing it. I'm back in this little cove, and I get bit again, set the hook, bringing it in, and uh, <clears throat> right at the right at the kayak right as i'm about to bring it in and this one here was probably close to 14 just guessing off what i saw of it and it came off yeah. so i i don't know i could be completely wrong but i, I started my thought was well last weekend at the tournament this was the main crankbait i was throwing that's what i caught like all my fish on except for one um pre-fishing that's the crankbait i was throwing up and then i've done caught a couple with with it on this tournament day so i was thinking maybe these hooks are starting to dull a little bit so i had another crankbait just like it that and so i cut that one off and put on the new one thinking maybe sharper hooks i won't be losing them 
Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and I don't think I did. I don't think I lost any more the rest of the day. But, uh, man, I'll tell you, I caught I caught a ton of fish yesterday, like, at that tournament. I But I, most all of them, I'm wanting to say it was probably, like, somewhere between six and eight fish that I caught between, like, 10 and 11 and a half inches. Wow. Just yeah. too small. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, a couple hours after my second fish on the, like, that was measurable, I ended up catching a, well, let me rewind a little bit. Okay, I was in this little cove inside a bigger cove, I guess you could call it. Um, well, I my dad had went out doing his own thing, so I went out there. I was going to see where he's at, see if he caught any fish, because he's never even put a fish on a board before, so yeah. he's going to need help, if like some advice, whenever he goes to do it. But I went out there, and uh, I saw my buddy Todd. Uh, he hadn't had any luck. I think he said he had had like one bite, and but he missed it or whatever. Um, yeah, I talked to my dad. He hadn't had any luck. He said he had talked to a couple people that were out in this area and said they had had no luck. So I was like, well, dang, maybe I'm doing pretty good with these two small fish. So I was like, I'm going to go back in here in this cove where I've been getting bite, like they're biting. Mm-hmm. and see if I can get my third fish. So I went back in there, and I ended up getting another fish that was 12 inches. And uh, so that was my limit. I had a 12 and 3 quarter, two 12s. And, man, I fished and fished. And um, My buddy Thomas, he had two fish, I think, in the 13 to 15 range. Okay. And... Uh, so he had some bigger fish than me, but he didn't have his third yet. But I, so like I'm pounding it, you know, nobody else seemed to have a limit that I talked to. So I'm like, I, I might actually have a shot at this, be having a limit. I need a kicker fish. I need to upgrade. And dude, I grinded and grinded and I caught, I kept catching more and more fish that were too short. And, uh, I went all over this lake. Like, I, I can't even tell you how many, like how much I like, uh, distance I covered and I covered the same area several times because it seemed like it was mainly in that cove where I was getting bites. But, uh, yeah, so I finally got around to this other side of the lake from where I'd started and, uh, I ran into a couple people. Uh, one of the other lakes, um, the medium-sized one, mm-hmm. people were coming from there up to the one we were at. They said it was really, the water was really nasty down there. Said said it almost looked like the lake had turned over. Oh. Yeah, it said the, it was really muddy. Nobody was catching fish down there. Hmm. Well... One of uh, one of the guys that came up there that I ran into, uh, Paris Edwards. You know we're we're actually supposed to be having him on soon, so you know hopefully we can get that worked out. But um, yeah, I ran in ran into him and 
he came up there, put in this lake that we were that had been fishing all day, and pretty much as soon as he put in, caught I think he caught like a nineteen, a fourteen and three quarter, and a fourteen. <laughs> I was like, wow, I was like what? Yeah, and he he's known locally to be a good fisherman. So, but uh, yeah, so that kind of bummed me out a little bit, but I. I uh, I kept fishing. I, I fished till the end. I never got an upgrade. Um, my dad never caught a fish. My buddy Todd, he he caught one fish that was too small to count. And my buddy Thomas, he got three fish. He placed higher than me, but I think he finished like sixth. Um, but yeah, so well, we all packed up and went to the meeting and everything. I. I kind of doubt on myself and really thinking about it I, I really there's no reason I should be you know here here just a couple weeks ago I finally broke a streak of skunking you know I'd, I'd skunked for like a month straight or something like that and here I am a day where I caught probably it had had to be 10 or more fish just most well, they're all like smaller fish, but I caught several fish and like, I feel bad about my day. And, uh, I, I'm guessing, I guess like the tournament thing just kind of brings out the competitive side of me and I want to be up there, uh, because last week's tournament, I came in fourth. And so like, I was really expecting to do a lot better in this tournament. And then with everybody I've talked to having like no fish or one fish, I felt really good having a limit. But no, um, come find out the little lake where I said everybody likes to go that was low. Yeah, uh, Adam Riser, you know, some people might know his name. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, he was fishing that lake and he ended up winning it. I think he had like 50 point something inches and he won big fish and won, uh, got first place. So, wow. But, uh, Paris Edwards, the one that came up to my lake and caught those fish, he took third. But, uh, I, I think they said 11 people, um, 11 people caught limits out of like 25 or 30 people. And I'm guessing that means I was in 11th place because if I don't, I highly doubt anybody had a smaller limit than what <laughs> I had. But uh, yeah, they did give away some sponsor prizes, like kind of at random. And I ended up winning a rogue tether. Okay. And so I was like, I, I can use that. You know, I still use a little cheap Walmart tether for my catch board, my heavy catch board. So. That'd probably be a little more sturdy for something like that. I used one for my uh, Hobie Drive. I bought one specifically for that. After a year, after you flipped, and I was like, I can't lose my drive. That would suck. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So when you're you're cranking, are you? Uh, is it what what depth are you cranking, and are you hitting the bottom? Because I always um, wondered about that. Like. I don't throw a crankbait much. I've thrown it a few times, but you know, I was wondering if you should be hitting the bottom or if it's okay to throw that in deep water and just try to get as deep as you can. See, 
I'm just getting started in crank bait fishing. Like there for the longest time, I wouldn't throw one at all because I just never felt comfortable with it. Um, so I may not be right at this at all. That might be why I'm not wasn't catching any bigger fish of only smaller ones. But um, yeah, so the lake I was fishing, it gets deep like quick off the bank. Like it's pretty steep and drops off. So I was throwing a medium diver. I think it's like an eight to nine foot. And uh, yeah, I was throwing it right up to the bank coming down. In most places, I didn't feel it hit the bottom or anything like that. Um, I had to be close to the bottom because there were several times where I thought I had done found a big fish. And, you know, I feel it. I set the hook. I'm reeling it in. It's coming to me. So I'm like, okay, I'm not snagged on nothing. You know, it's a, and it's like a big uh, limb that I didn't <laughs> drug in. <laughs> yeah, and that happened to me like two or three times. Uh, if those were, if those hook sets would have been on fish that I imagined them being when I set the hook, then I would have won that tournament. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> see, I think it just varies on I, I think there's times where you want to hit the structure and bottom and stuff and i feel like there's times where you don't i mean I, like i said i'm still learning about it um but like you know i hear people all the time talk about uh you know if you got a bunch of rocks like letting it bounce off the rocks and stuff like that yeah like the deflection is what draws the strike is what i've always heard but yeah i've also like there's places where I've seen people throwing crankbaits where I know there's no way they're reaching the bottom. It's like 30 feet of water. And I don't know that they make a crankbait that gets 30 feet deep, you know? Yeah. Not to my knowledge, but I don't know. Um, I know a, my buddy Thomas, he was saying, at least with his first two fish, I don't know if he said anything with the second two fish. He caught those cranking. And he said both of them came off of his reeling, and I guess it was close to a piece of wood structure, and he'd feel it hit it, and so he would pause. And, like, pause for a second and said, that's whenever they attacked it. Now, I tried that a couple times. I didn't have luck doing that. All mine came from just steady reeling. But, uh, yeah, so that was... Yeah, the, the few ones that I've caught have been par- or casting parallel to Rip Rap, pulling it towards me, and I, I got them that way on the crankbait. But that's my only crankbait catches. And, um, like, I, I've thought about throwing it in the river and stuff because it is shallower, um, but there's so much vegetation and stuff. I, I was talking to uh, a guy at the tackle shop about that, too, and he was telling me, you just got to rip it, rip it through that. And... Cause I was like, well, every time I pull it up, it's just covered in weeds. And he's like, yeah, if you, if you, you know, you rip it hard enough, it's going to clear itself. Um, so I guess I just wasn't ripping. And he said, when you're cranking that way, you, you know, a lot of times I think of crankbaiting, you know, the rod being one of those parabolic bends, you know, so if it's a treble hook bait, it can kind of pin it. But he said, when you're pulling through grass like that, at least this is what the guy at the tackle shop said, uh, you want to, you know, it's a little bit stiffer rod so that you can clear that grass when you're pulling through it. So I just haven't really I tried it. That. Yeah, it makes sense. Like when he, what he was saying, it sounded like I was like, yeah, I can see how that would work. 
Well, see, I put together a setup for for cranking. It's is it's a I think it's a six six something, almost seven foot rod. Is a medium action, and uh, you know I got like a six point eight to one ratio reel. <clears throat> well, something that I noticed is some of these crankbaits. It there's some aggressive crankbaits, and I especially with like deep divers or something. I feel like I'm gonna need another setup for like the deep divers and so something a little more stout because you know I, I put a little bit bigger crankbait on, and you know it feels like I have a fish on there fighting. Yeah. I was gonna time. say. When you said about those limbs, I thought that's what you were going to say because I've had that happen cranking a couple times where I thought, I'm like, it's pulling so hard. There's got to be a fish there, and it's just that you're pulling against the the diving aspect, and it feels like, you know, it, that there's a fish. But, yeah, I, I definitely know what you're talking about because I, I thought that the first time I threw them. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I got one right away. And then, it you know. Yep. Um. I, I I definitely remember experiencing that before. I feel like I don't. I've, I'm only using like one specific crankbait for the most part. Um, it's like an eleven dollar crankbait, but it's been working great for me. Uh, but I, I've tried a couple others. I I think it goes along with pretty much any other technique that I do. I don't get when I get comfortable with one thing. I don't give other things enough time mm -hmm. to see how they work. I, I know this one works, so I stick with it. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've got some other crankbaits that I'll eventually try. But it, I, definitely for, like, deep divers or those more aggressive ones, I'm probably going to have to get a different setup, maybe like a medium-heavy rod for that. Yeah. No, I, I don't have uh, the one I throw my crankbaits on is like one of those cheap black max combos, you know, the pretty much the cheapest baitcaster you can get. So, um, but it, I mean, it, it feels like it works for what I needed to, but it probably could uh, be better. You know, I've said for a long time that black max, as far as the real, I've never messed with the black max rod that comes with the combo, but the reel itself that, I feel like that's pretty much the perfect beginner baitcaster for somebody that don't want to spend a bunch of money on a on a baitcaster but wants to learn one. You know, it's like 40 bucks new or something like that. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like it's a really good reel for his, for the money. Yeah, you know, no, I, it's, it's what I started with. Um, and I broke the rod, actually, now that I think about it, I broke the rod uh, flounder fishing. But uh, I have the... I have the the black max on a six scale rod now and uh, a six scale medium heavy, like seven foot. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think you can't go really wrong if you want to just try a bait caster. The, uh, it's not a bad reel. And, you know, maybe somebody who's used to, you know, Shimano's or something a lot more fancy would be like, ah, it's a crappy rod or reel. But, uh, I mean, for me, it's, it's not clunky. It's, you know, and it's held up, you know, for, three years now that i've had it so yeah um, i mean i've kind of upgraded I've, I've got a black max i don't use it anymore it just sits i've upgraded i 
I wouldn't really want to go back to it just because I like what I have now. But definitely for a beginner that has never thrown one, it's it's a great reel to learn on. Um, the only complaint about that is the gear ratio. Like I think it's like a six something, mm-hmm. and only thing that I have that I use as far as bait casters in six something. And this is just recently when it's me throwing this crankbait, I throw it, I throw it on like a six, eight to one. And, uh, other than that, I don't throw anything on that. Now I have just because that's what I had, like that black max. I actually caught my PB on that. Have thrown a jig with, uh, with that reel. Okay. Now I wouldn't recommend that gear ratio because it's like a six four six three to one something like that. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't recommend that gear ratio for a jig rod. But if that's so what you got, you that's what you got. Higher? Yeah, pretty much everything I use is in the sevens. Okay. Uh, I got one or two in the eights, but. Okay, I just don't crank or I, I don't use my bait casters as much as my spinning rod, so. I haven't experimented with a lot of different speeds. I can't. I have three bait casters: a six go one. Um, uh, oh, I can't remember what my other one is, but um, I, I don't know their speeds off the top of my head, and I haven't experimented enough to know when it's good and when it's bad. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, people heard us talk about it before. You're more of a spinning gear guy, more of a bait caster guy. And, uh, so yeah, I've, I've went through quite a few bait casters, like just trying to figure out what I like and everything. And, you know, mo- most of them is like find one used for like 20 or 30 bucks and picking it up. And, uh, so I've got several reels like that just sitting out. God, I probably, I probably got like six or seven, maybe more than that now bait casters that are just sitting on a shelf don't hmm. even get used <laughs> but uh yeah so i don't know I, I i really like that seven area for the most part i feel like it's not too fast to where you're working your lure too fast uh, but it, it is pretty quick so when you hook a fish you can get it in pretty quick Especially mm-hmm. for the techniques that I use, I, f- I feel like they're good. I, 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 I feel like there is a place for slower reels, but not with the techniques I use, I guess. Right, right. No, that makes sense. I, I you know, I've the spinning reels I have are, are, are different uh, gear ratios too. I actually have uh, the a couple of six scale rods and I know or reels. And one of them is the, the highest spinning rod, uh, gear ratio they make. It's like a nine to one, but in a spinning rod. So it, it, uh, it's pretty fast. And I've actually used that for some of, you know, things that normally I think you would throw on a bait caster. Um, I throw on that, that high speed spinning reel just cause it kind of gives you the same effect. So, yeah, I, I don't. I carry one spinning rod. I don't remember what the gear ratio is with it. 
It'll be interesting when we square off down at Dare Hollow to see uh, see how that goes. I'm curious. I, I you know. Wait, are we are we really gonna do that? I thought we were just talking <laughs> trash. So are we really gonna do that? Nah, <laughs> we don't. Have to. <laughs> like, my only thing is, how many days are you gonna be down there? Uh, I'm planning on getting down there sometime Friday afternoon and then leaving Sunday sometime. So, because I got to be at work on Monday. Right. So I, I was going to say, you know, Saturday is going to be the uh, the tournament. Mm-hmm. And I really don't want to throw this, th- like, ruin <laughs> all chances of the tournament <laughs> just because I decided to uh, have a side bet with you to where I can only throw a spinning gear. Which, nah. who knows, that might be what saves me. <laughs> that might be what wins it. Uh, but, yeah, quick plug with that. You know, I've been trying to plug this every week just in case people didn't hear the week before. But, yeah, Dale Hollow meet in less than two weeks now. Yeah. Um, it'll be uh, October 16th through the 18th. Uh, staying at Eastport Marina. Uh, it's uh, over by Del Hollow Lake in Tennessee. Um, it's going to be a fun time. We got we got a couple like seminars that we're going to put on. We got a uh, tournament. Um, yeah, tournament that Saturday morning. Uh, it's already on Tourney X where you can sign up. There's uh, Saturday night. JL Folks is going to be playing live down at the bar from like six to nine, I believe. Um, yeah, it's going to be a fun time. I'm, uh, I'm excited for it. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it too. To finally get to meet you guys in person and, uh, you know, just, uh, fish someplace completely different, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's one thing that's really cool is, you know, as far as, uh, like the people on paddle and fin like i met brian for i don't know like 30 minutes to an hour in person before uh last year a trip to dale hollow i met jay brad and josh other than that i've never met anybody from in person and almost everybody's gonna be there for this one yep like if you listen to Paddle and Fan, I know all different hosts. I think the only ones that ain't coming is like Susie and JP. Oh, and Armando and uh, Salo. Salo, yeah. Other than that, so out, what do we got? Like 12, 13 people now? Something like so that. It's like eight or nine of us that are going to be there. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Yeah. Looking forward to it. But yeah, um, I don't think I really got anything else. You got anything, Sean? I don't think so. I think, uh, you know, that wasn't a bad episode. We you know, covered our tournaments and uh, got our plug in there for the meetup. I think that was definitely a good idea. So, yeah. So, y'all get out there. Um, if you look on our, I will say real quick, with as far as the meetup, if you look on our Facebook page, there's a little post about that. There's a number for a man named Richard um, out there at the marina. Call him if you want to set up a reservation. Um, it's like $50 a, a person per night. So, yeah. Get that set up. You got less than two weeks. 
Cool, man. Well, um, thanks for uh, recapping your tournament, and uh, I'm glad you, you know, I wouldn't kick yourself at all, dude. Anytime you catch 10 fish in a day, um, you know, catch and sketching. Well, <laughs> that's something I was going to say is that's probably the most fish I've ever caught in a day. You know, they're all little, but the most fish I've ever caught in a day. So, like, I should be, like, super excited. And and I am because, you know, there were people that didn't catch fish at all. And so that I know how that is. That really sucks. Mm-hmm. But definitely no no i i have been i cannot it's been weird i i've fished probably twice a week now for a couple months and i have not skunked for a long time like i don't remember the last time i skunked and i should probably knock on some wood right now yeah um, i was about to say you're about to jinx yourself <laughs> even yeah just in time to go to dale hollow that's what will happen but yeah uh, um even today i went out for from 2 30 till 5 and i caught one little probably 10 inch bass but it was it was a fish i missed actually another one uh, i jumped and threw my spinner and uh that would probably have been like uh maybe at least a 15 but uh uh didn't land him so i but i did catch that little 10 inch and you know kept my streak alive so you know i i am just as happy with the with a dink to break my skunk than you know yeah so cool man all right well um i guess um we will hopefully we'll probably get at least one more show in before dale hollow obviously this week but um uh hopefully the next time after that you know we'll be seeing each other in person so gonna be cool it is gonna be fun less than two weeks all right guys well thank you for tuning in again uh for this episode of bass fishing for news we are bringing you the techniques the tricks and the tips to help you rip more lips have a good evening and we'll talk to you later later y'all thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on paddle in fin don't forget to go check out our website at paddle the letter n in fin.com don't forget to check out the youtube channel at paddle and fin if you got a question comment want to hear from a future guest on a future episode feel free to email us at paddle the letter n in fin at gmail.com don't forget to follow us on social media at paddle and fin on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler. The Angler button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. TRC Covers, protect your investment. Catch Products, shout out to Catch Products. Go to catchproducts.com and put the Paddle in Fin logo directly on your catch board. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com, use promo code PNF20 and save 20% 20% on all your jig and tackle needs.